I'm your host, Amber Hollingsworth. I'm an addiction specialist, and I've been helping people beat addiction for more than 20 years now. This podcast is for people who want to know how to get through to an addicted loved one, for people who are tired of being told that they just need to stand back and wait for their loved one to decide to do something about it. Subscribe to this podcast to learn how to outsmart addiction and put this whole mess behind you for good. When you're in a relationship with someone and then suddenly you become aware that there's been some deception, right? And especially if that deception has been going on like a long time, we're not talking about like I lied and I spent $10 and I didn't tell you. We're talking about like (laughs) major like stuff that's happened usually over a pretty good long period of time. When that kind of thing gets uncovered in a relationship, the damage that is caused by that is very deep and is very, very difficult to heal. And we call that, um, it's got a social name, we call that betrayal trauma. And uh, I know that a, a lot of our viewers deal with that. We deal with addiction, but it's not just like, oh, my spouse secretly had addiction to cocaine. I didn't know. Like, that's bad enough, Right. But there's always a lot more yeah. connection to that. And, and then a lot of times it's that other stuff that we just get stuck on and it, we can't move forward. And so for that reason, we have special guest. I call my guest expert witnesses, Nevin. And Nevin is like a real life couples counselor. And just for you guys who don't know, like the couples counselors, I think are like, a, what are like in the army, like hardcore, what are they called? <laughs> That's what the couples counselors are. Like they do the hardest, dirtiest front lines where like, I'm, I don't want to put people in the same room. I'm too scared of that. So <laughs> all my respect and admiration thank in you. the trenches. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> going to tell us how to navigate this big old minefield of a mess called betrayal trauma. Thank you so much for being here, Nevin. Yeah, thank you, Amber, for having me. I, I am so thrilled with the content you create and, and the good that you do in the world and excited to be part of that today. I'm flattered that you would invite me. So. Oh, yeah. We're going to get a lot of good stuff out of Nevin. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, w- when I deal with addiction, I have an idea about how that leads to betrayal trauma, but there are other things that causes it too. So I kind of want to know first, like, what are the most common things yeah. that trigger this sort of issue and response? You know, I, I, and I love the introduction that you gave and the, the way that you brought that topic in, because you're right. Betrayal trauma is real. It's a real category of trauma, right? And we hear about lots of different traumas that people can run into, you know, trauma that comes out of assault or trauma that comes out of abuse or trauma that comes out of post-trauma experiences like 9-11 or, or military service, right? Um, mm-hmm. These are all these are all legitimate forms of trauma. And betrayal trauma in a relationship is just as real. Oh, yeah. It, it exists just as real, right? And, and the foundation of betrayal trauma, like the thing that really causes the most damage for the individual who's betrayed, and really for the betrayer as well, is the violations of trust mm-hmm. that occur with betrayal trauma right? It's even bigger than the actions that people take. It's the violation that occurs in trust. And and trust is extremely important because when you look at intimacy, Mm -hmm. if we use intimacy as a term that we just apply to that connecting and bonding component in a relationship, when you look at intimacy and and the connection and attachment that's formed with intimacy, the more trust that can exist in a relationship, the stronger the intimacy can be. Right. Right. So when trust is really high in a relationship, 
we have a really strong bond and connective power between two individuals. And when trust is weak in a relationship, that intimacy is also very weak and sometimes even non-existent. Well, with partners, right, when you're talking about spouses in a marriage or life partners that are kind of navigating the world with one another, the goal for that type of a relationship, a marriage type relationship, is meant to be the most intimate of all connections that we might experience with another person. Mm -hmm. And so you take that intimacy that we know is founded on deep levels of trust, and then you find out one day, and especially the way that you described it, I find out one day that for years, but it doesn't always have to be years, it can be weeks or months, but especially years, right? I find out one day that this core component of our relationship, trust, has been violated mm -hmm. over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see how quickly intimacy can drop from extremely high levels to almost non-existent in a moment. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, I felt close and connected, safe, secure with you. And now in the last five minutes, I feel like I don't even know who you are. Yeah. And maybe even like a level, not just I don't feel connected to you, but I feel unsafe with you. Like, yeah. I feel this is dangerous. Like almost you're my enemy even. like. Oh, yeah. Because right. it's sort of a the deepest kind of wounding because I think it's like what you're talking about. It's not the mistake someone else makes. Yes. It's the deception that messes with your mind. Like Absolutely. it messes you up. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And you're not just any person in my world. You're the person. You're my person. Like, right. yes. Right. I've given yeah. myself to you on deeper levels than anybody else. I've invited you into my world mm -hmm. on deeper levels than anybody else. You know, things about me that mm -hmm. most people don't know. You've seen me at my best. You've seen me at my worst. Right. And, and I've allowed you into this space with me because of this love and this bond and this connection that I feel with you. And it's that safety, that security, that trust that gets betrayed in a couple's relationship that is so devastating. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and can feel so alarming to an individual. That's what we're talking about when we say betrayal trauma. Right. And, and I, I'm sure for those listening if you've experienced some of that, you know it, like, you know what that feels like mm -hmm. in your heart and in your gut and in your mind, right? The, the anxiety, the hurt, the sadness is extremely deep and it's very difficult for couples to navigate. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to, I was at a workshop, this was a few years back and I was listening to a sex addiction therapist and they were talking about, you know, you get the question all the time, like, what is cheating? You know, is like talking to someone, you know, and just so you guys know, we're talking about more than just cheating. Like, that's one kind of betrayal, but there's lots of them. But And then the person answered, which I thought was a really interesting answer. She said, it's when one partner has a secret that the other, a big secret, that the other one doesn't. And the problem with that is, is it makes the power differential totally mm -hmm. skewed. And I thought, well, that's kind of a simple way to look at it, right? Like, instead of like, well, is Tristan cheating or is like, well, you know, where's the line? Yeah. It's the secret holding. Absolutely. And I think... It's the secret holding, whether it's with that kind of cheating mm -hmm. or any other kind, because there's like financial deception, Absolutely. You know, there's, there's substance abuse, there's all kinds. So tell us, what are the big like categories of it that you see in your practice, Nevin? Yeah, no, and I'm glad that you bring up the secrecy and what compounds on top of that secrecy also is I'm keeping something from you and not just keeping something from you. I'm keeping something from you with some knowledge that if you knew it, it would hurt you. Oh, Yeah. If I didn't tell you something because I didn't even think of it, or right. that's not what we're talking about. Right. Like I didn't right. even know you wanted to know. You know, yeah. 
Yes, which then, right, like to the other individual in the relationship, it feels like your loyalty was to the thing more than me. Right. right. It really is as though it introduces another loyalty partner and it could be money, like you right. said, right? Like right. it could be money. It could be decisions that you're making with family or siblings behind my back, yep. right? Yep. It could be emotionally inappropriate relationships, like an emotional affair, physical affair. Oftentimes partners will feel very portrayed with things like pornography mm-hmm. or pornography use or masturbation use, right? Um, you know, outside of the relationship, it could be things with spirituality, right? Religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see it in almost any category that you can think of because this type of betrayal trauma can exist with any topic that's extremely meaningful to one or both partners. So yes. it really is where their values are, where the principles are for them individually and in the relationship that this type of thing can exist. I mean, it can even exist. I interacted with a couple that with maintenance of one of their rental properties and one partner saying, yeah, 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 I'm getting it done. And, you know, it's being maintained. The flooring is being maintained. We're doing, you know, we're doing walkthroughs and things to make sure this property is taken care of and finds out three, three years later, this property is a complete dump at this point. Wow, there's yeah. been no maintenance happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's this alarming experience in the relationship. All of a sudden it's like, wait a second, I've asked you about this multiple times and you made it seem completely different than what yeah, I'm realizing now. Misled me. Like you, yeah, yeah. Right. And so really any topic, right? Like it could really exist. And it's really about the values and the principles that really mean something to one or both partners that being betrayed in a way that's not just a partner being unawares and unknowing, right? It's this knowing and intentionally lying, mm-hmm. kind of prioritizing a thing over here more than the feelings you might feel for me here in our relationship. Right, right, right. So the topics are kind of endless, but those are the big ones I see is financially, right? Um, You know, in the emotional and physical affair categories, pornography use categories, substance use categories. These are kind of the the most common ones that we run into. I found that when someone has an addiction, the addiction pretty much brings all the categories in, right? (laughs) Because the person is spending a lot of time that they're not accounted for. So they're, you know, there's time issues. Where were you? What were you doing? Like maybe I was supposed to be working on the property, but I wasn't. There's frequently like sometimes, especially when someone finds out someone has an opioid addiction, Yeah, always a huge financial mess. I mean, huge. So not only did I find out like you have this addiction, but oh my gosh, like you have a hundred thousand dollars in payday loans or something crazy, you know, like it's almost always there. And then, you know, other addictions lead more to like um, emotional infidelity and physical infidelity. So there's, I feel like addiction almost always brings those other prongs with it. And a lot of times it's multiple others. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really complicated layers, right? That mm-hmm. when you start looking at the impacts of distrust and betrayed trust in the relationship starts to navigate multiple categories, right? So there's distrust and broken trust that comes out of lack of honesty right? And then Mm -hmm. there's the broken trust that comes out of doing a thing that you know would hurt me. Right. And then there's the distrust, right? That comes out of all the times that you could have brought it up that you didn't, you omitted it. And then Mm -hmm. a few times that you kind of just straight up gaslighted me, right? That you made me feel like a fool being curious, right? Like, (laughs) um, you know, so we're talking about multi-layers of trust that needs to be healed and rebuilt Mm -hmm. in a relationship. And like you said, 
multiple consequence outlets, right? Like multiple right. places in which the relationship's now injured and needs repair. Right. You know. And even though we're talking about this, I want to sort of almost like turn the table a little bit here because yeah. we're talking about how like this villain person is just this horrible, <laughs> horrible things, right? But the worst part about it is this other person isn't like necessarily like a villain, right? Like yeah. Anybody could find themselves on either side of this issue. That's Absolutely. what I want you guys to know. Absolutely. Anybody could be on either side. So how how does someone find themselves in the like the betrayer category? Like how does someone get to this point where they're where they're deceiving on this level, which is yeah. so hurtful? Yeah, and I'm glad that you bring that up, Amber. And you know just as well, maybe better than most, right? That most individuals that are out there in the world aren't sociopaths. Oh, yeah. Right, they're not. They're not out to. Typically, they don't wake up in the morning and, in conniving ways, think, "How can I maliciously hurt the most meaningful people in my world?" Right, and they're not narcissists either. Yeah, I'm not. out there, but I just feel like they'll get thrown out. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, everyone's not a narcissist." Okay, so yep. <laughs> anybody who offends me is a narcissist, right? So, <laughs> right. Right. so I'm glad that I'm glad that you bring that up, and I like to tell my clients, you know what? The reality is, we're all about three decisions away from catastrophic outcomes. Ooh, right. Like at any given good. point. Right. Like it, it doesn't take a lot to really yep. send yourself down a negative path and nobody's nobody's immune. Right. right. We're all vulnerable. Uh, we, right. we all need to watch ourselves, check ourselves and be thoughtful and mindful of ourselves every day, uh, mm -hmm. especially in the relationships that we care about most. You know, those are the relationships that really uh, afford, you know, that they're the ones that we ought to be giving our best in. Mm -hmm. and, and using those relationships to know how am I doing and how am I showing up, you know? Right. So I'm glad that you bring that topic up that we're not talking about evil, malicious people typically. In fact, I'll tell you a story about a client that I worked with, you know, recently he was keeping a secret from his spouse and he had been keeping that secret for the whole time in which they'd been in a relationship. He had really struggled in this category of pornography and knew in their relationship that she was very sensitive to that dynamic and inviting intimate and sexual feelings into the relationship for uh, pictures and videos and whatever else that aren't her. Yeah. yeah. Really wanted that fidelity for her. Right. And, and uh, he knew he had the struggle, the struggle predated her. So he struggled with this before he even met her. He found out very early on in the dating relationship that she had concern and issue about that with past boyfriends and things that she'd been with. And so he knew that if he were going to pursue a relationship with her, which he really felt strongly for her, he had to get rid of this problem. And uh, he set his mind to it in the beginning. I'm going to kick this and I'm going to kick it because I know she's not, it would hurt her. She might even choose not to be with me if she knew about it. Right. And so instead of telling her I've struggled, I'm just going to kick it. Right. I'm going to kick it. She doesn't have to be hurt. We can move our relationship forward. And he justified and rationalized that way for years, right? Fast mm -hmm. forward about five years into their relationship. And uh, she discovers a few files one day on his phone, just innocently looking for a, a communication that they were having with a mortgage company mm -hmm. and stumbled across some files on his phone, opened them up, realized that there had been a long pattern of accessing pornographic material and confronted him about it. And at that point it was so deer in the headlights with her, that he lied, right? I don't know where those are. I don't know where they came from. They're not mine, all the things. Right? And so she had to not only discover it, mm -hmm. but she had to dig it out of him slowly to get the truth, right? Yeah. And at this point, he's just bawling. I mean, he feels terrible 
and his terrible feelings are genuine. I trust them. Yes. I believe them. I believe he never intended to hurt her. Right? right. But what he did in the very beginning was he rationalized and justified keeping some things from his partner that he knew would hurt her. That I don't want to hurt her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He drove them underground and he tried mm -hmm. to wrestle with them alone and isolated yep. instead of really reaching outside of himself, honesty with her and others and getting mm -hmm. himself some help. Right. And because he drove it down and inward, and this is a mistake that a lot of individuals make, they realize that there's some warning signs and red flags in the world. Yep. And instead of looking outside of themselves and connecting to resources to tackle them, they'll hide them. Right. So drive them down inside right. and tell themselves, I got this and I'll yep. figure it out. And each time yep. he would make a mistake, he's like, that's the last time. I'm never doing it again. Right. right? Like, I'm going to get rid of this. She doesn't have to know about it. And he would justify, I'm keeping her safe. Right. I'm preserving her feelings. I don't want her to feel right. hurt. Right. And five yes, years and, later. Yeah, in recovery, we say secrets keep you sick. And I tell people, mm -hmm. you can't get well in secrecy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't tell everybody, yeah. but you can't just like keep this thing that you've been compulsively doing for yeah. all this long time and think, well, I can just sort of fix this on my own. No one will ever know. It just doesn't yeah. ever work. Yeah. I mean, I'm yet to watch that be right. a great result, but but justifications like that is one category, right? right. Like, I'll justify inside. I'm preserving her. It's right. a loving thing for me to do, not to right. let her know, right? right. That's it's the opposite, yeah. right? Like yeah. for her, it's like, or for the other person, because it can be mm -hmm. her or him, but it could yep. be like, this is the most hurtful thing you could have possibly done, right? right. And it's like, well, yep. I, but really what's happening is, yes, I'm trying to protect her, but, but really it's like, protecting yourself from Absolutely. the shame, which is awful. You know, it's just like, Absolutely. we all have that and we just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, I don't, because, blame don't like doing yeah. mine either. Because <laughs> in almost all cases, yeah. when I talk with couples and the truth mm -hmm. finally comes out, mm -hmm. it really is the trust violation yep. that was the most, that did the most harm. Every this time. couple and almost every single couple that I work with, right? It's bad enough that there's this thing going on that you know would hurt me. But right. what hurts even worse is you didn't let me be a confidant with you. You didn't pull me into it, help me understand it, and allow me to be part of the, the solution, right. right? Instead, it's almost like you maintain fidelity and loyalty to this thing right. with me in the dark. Right? And that trust violation almost 100% of the time is the worst violation that's oh, yeah. and the hardest yes. one to overcome, right? Because long after, you know, individuals get the help that they need, and overcome the betraying issue in the relationship, long after that exists this question in the mind of the person who was betrayed, mm -hmm. this question that says, how do I know? And mm -hmm. what if? And man, we can what if thousands of scenarios. What right. if he's doing it again? What if he's just gotten better at hiding it? What if he's right. just got better at lying, right? Because and it's not I just that you lost trust in that other person. When you've been to see for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. You lose trust in yourself yeah. and then you can't, you're like, obviously I'm an idiot. You know, yeah. obviously yeah. I've been going on 10 years and I didn't even know mm -hmm. it. Like I, I'm probably missing everything. And then mm -hmm. I like lose trust in myself and in every relationship I have. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so like devastating. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. I, and I watched that too. I'll watch couples come into a next relationship now and still really struggling with trust. And there's oh, nothing yeah. about their current partner in my assessment. And in their assessment that they can really put their finger on that's creating a lack of trust, mm -hmm. it probably could have, could be a really healthy connection. But because I've been through this distrust in the past, 
-hmm. I don't, like you said, I don't trust myself. I, I'm paranoid and suspicious of others, right. especially the more vulnerable the relationship becomes, the right. more that paranoia can sometimes mm -hmm. increase. And then now that I was the one who was betrayed in the previous relationship, I left it because I wasn't yeah. okay with it. I get into the current relationship and now it's my anxiety that's creating the issues in the relationship. Right. And now I create problems for the next. Right. I, I'm, I'm so glad you said that, Nevin, because sometimes we think, well, the answer is just to get out of it. No, right. that's not mm -hmm. the answer. I'm mean, not saying you should get out. I'm just saying sure. that doesn't fix it. And so sure. it's so important for you guys to be thinking about this if this is a concern for you, because if you don't deal with it, yeah. it's not you got to deal with it and forgive this other person. I mean, that's helpful. <laughs> but yeah. if you don't deal with this, it's, it's going to like poison everything mm -hmm. in your future. So, yeah. so whether you stay, you go, you forgive, you don't want, you got to deal with it in here because yeah. it just yeah. continues to fester. And, and make problems. Yeah. And both parties. And that's, that's the other thing that I'll tell couples too, you know, it's like, you know, here we find ourselves in this situation and you both need healing. Mm -hmm. And and if you both need healing and you're willing to do that healing together, mm -hmm. let's give that a shot. Best case right. scenario, we can heal and right. heal the relationship at the same time. Right. But if you're not willing to do it together, which I understand, there's some situations that are so betraying or hurtful or traumatic um, that, that maybe you choose not to be with that person anymore. Maybe it's the most healthy choice you can make is to leave that relationship. Right. There's still, both parties still need to do that work, right? For whether sure. they stay together or whether they don't stay together, we got to do that work because it's going to get in the way of a healthy relationship in the next relationship if I don't do that work. It will continue. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, so, so I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful that you bring that up, but that's, it, it really is about that, that, that betrayal of trust. And I, for any viewers that are listening, right? Like if you find yourself in that spot where you know you're holding something that would hurt your spouse, right? And there's that justification narrative in your mind that's saying, I'm protecting them by not letting them in on this, right? Like ultimately I'm being compassionate or I'm being thoughtful mm -hmm. by not letting them in on this. I, I would agree with you, Amber. That's actually what's happening is I'm protecting myself from confronting the issue, probably right. in a way that needs to be. And right. I'm protecting myself from the shame that I might feel in admitting right. to the issue. But right. that's why in, in classic 12-step stuff, right? That's why admitting to myself and to others that there's an issue is mm -hmm. the first step, right. right? And especially to the people who love me the most, especially yep. the people who, who I owe the most fidelity and loyalty to, because right. most of the time, um, it's not the actual issue that's going to hurt them the most. It's the fact that I never had the guts. I never found um, mm -hmm. inside me the strength to let them be more important to me than the right. violence. Right. Right. Let me ask you this, because because you brought up like, um, like the traditional 12 step. Mm -hmm. And this is a scenario I ran into like recently, very recently. So, mm -hmm. and commonly, like it comes up a lot. So when I first get a new client, I call myself the defense attorney. I see the person <laughs> and somebody else sees the family member and we're always the bad guy. So I'm like defense attorney. I say, listen, I'm here for you, ma'am. Defense attorney, I'm good at it. So you're covered. But people come see me, they're already like dug into this big giant hole. Right? Like, I was like, I know you're in a doghouse and, and I'm going to help you get out of it because that's what we're going to do. But most of the time, you know, somebody's done gotten in trouble for the first time or the hundredth time or whatever. But there's always like more secrets. And so one of the first things I say to them, I'll say, what else is in there that they don't know about? Because I want I want to know what it is so we can decide whether or not we need to like out it. Because if we get six months down the road and we're doing like really awesome and this stupid thing comes out, like there yeah. was this 
other $300 that you owe this drug dealer, but you just didn't tell it because you're just like, they're already so upset with you. And you're just like, why pile on it? Which I understand, but I was like, it's going to take us back to negative million, right? Like, so I'm like, you're already in so much trouble. Yeah. Yes. And I say, I will go across the hall and talk to their counselor. And I will say, we need to have something and I need a free pass. Go find out if I can get it. I'm like, please, please tell it because it's going to come out in the stupidest way. And then you have worked so hard it's going to destroy you yeah. so there's that scenario absolutely mm-hmm. but then this is the curveball and trust at work the amends making there's this concept of like you make amends except wherever it would cause harm mm-hmm. there's some situations like the classic one is like i slept with my brother's wife mm-hmm. and he doesn't know it should i tell my brother mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind mm-hmm. of situation so recently you know Almost any time there's like any of these things, I'm like, let's just have the secrets. I owe some money. There's just credit card they don't know about. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm like, let's just get it out because you're in so much trouble. Like, really? It's not going to be that much more right now like on day one of therapy. Yeah. So let's do it. But sometimes it's big. And when I say big, usually it's like like a big long-term affair. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, Nevin. I'm like, I don't know. But I'm glad you told me because we are going to talk about like, yeah. Maybe I'm telling them wrong. That's why I'm asking you because I told you, you know, I'm a defensive. You know, yeah, so. no, I, no, I love it. You know, I, I love what you're saying. And I, I absolutely agree with you. Almost the exact same conversation with my clients okay. as well, especially when betrayal has come out in, in, and that's why they're coming in, right. Is they're like, we're dealing with all this betrayal. I mean, that's, that can be a really common reason that couples mm-hmm. first want to talk to me or we get in four or five, six sessions, you know, they know they're having tons of conflict. They can't figure out why. And then all of a sudden it just blows out. Right. You know, now I know, you know. And so almost the exact same conversation I'll have with people, right? Like, look, we are like at the bottom right now. Yeah. Right. right? And we want to build from here. And I have a lot mm-hmm. of confidence. I can help you do that if you choose that it's the right thing for both of you. Right. And mm-hmm. before we start climbing that ladder, please, mm-hmm. please, if there's anything else that would shock, alarm or hurt your spouse, if they were right. to find out. Let's put it there now, right? Because because we want, once we start rebuilding trust, taking those steps we need to, to heal Mm -hmm. and move forward with trust, we don't want to violate it again after we've had this good period. Because next time we have that good period, they're going to be suspicious of it the whole time, right? Oh, oh yeah. We're going to go back a million times, way back here. And it's going to be a hundred times harder to even get the ground back. Yeah, right. so I, I love that conversation. Now you're talking about really sensitive information, right? right. Like, yeah, like the basic ones, mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. money and the this yeah. and the yeah. that. You know, like, and I told mom this when mm-hmm. I told you, I told her, like, whatever. We're going to get those out because it's yeah. not going to hurt us anymore. Yeah. And in most scenarios, the way that I like to think about it, and I will, and I'll tell the therapists that work with me too, we really need to play those individual by individual case. I think there's a lot of dynamics that can be playing out in their world. Right. And it's hard to just give a blanket statement, but the blanket statement that I would say is that in most cases, if that thing coming out has high probability of hurting the person you're trying to build the relationship with the most, the primary person. So you used an example earlier of like, you know, the brother or whatever, right? Yep. Or, or a neighbor or something. Right, like that. right. If that relationship isn't the primary one we're focused on healing, then, then maybe. But if it has capacity to really hurt this primary person that I'm trying to build trust and, and loyalty and fidelity with, rebuild that healing with, to hurt them, you know, uh, specifically and individually, most of the time I'm going to be on the side of it's better for them to know, especially if there's a pretty good chance 
it may come out in the next five to 10 years, right? Right. Uh, and that's a good point that it may come out because one of the things I said, and I said in this recent situation, I said, listen, you just got busted for this. Mm-hmm. And what happens when they found out this big secret? And, and I talk about this on the channel all the time. Mm-hmm. The person goes crazy mm-hmm. and they start. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the FBI could not investigate as good as this person. I yeah. promise you. Like they develop skills. I mean, yeah. it is so obsessive. I can't even explain it. And it's they miserable for both. They dig yeah. through every. So I'm like, dude, I promise you they're in this state over there. So yeah. the that it's going to get found is pretty. Like mm-hmm. I, you may have been doing it for. 20 years and then that got found but now yeah. we're on a different now the fbi is in here so yeah <laughs> yeah it's tough and and then the other dynamic with that too right is that for the sake of the person who's done the betraying i really want them to get to a place where they feel like they've started with a clean slate inside yeah right that that their heart is kind of like you know what all the nasties out there and, mm-hmm. and, and now as I rebuild, I'm not rebuilding with the like, yeah, I'm, I'm being a lot better, but there's still that thing I feel a ton of shame about. Right. There's still that thing that I've never quite admitted to anybody. There's still right. that thing, right? That, that every time they want to feel new and fresh, keeps calling their mind back to not nah, right. right. feel good about yourself because look at this thing nobody knows about, right? Like, so right. there's so on their behalf too, but, but certainly there's going to be situations like, you know, substance abuse or betrayal or whatever, where where, you know, um, somebody else's spouse, right? Maybe I haven't gone and admitted and whatever to them, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, that that relationship's over here. This is the one we're primarily focused on. This is the one where we really want to create, you know, and rebuild oh, yeah, trust yeah. in the most. There's yeah. going to be some of those peripheral things that's almost impossible to heal to. And like you said, maybe even avoiding doing harm in those other relationships, right? Like, but in this one, I really owe my partner right. the most loyalty and fidelity of anyone. If I'm going to call them, you know, you know, my partner, my spouse, that's what I'm saying. That's part of the commitment that I'm making is you are my person. Right. And so I need to be, I need to be the most transparent and loyal with you than any other. All right. Let me throw a slight curveball at you here. Yeah. I'm so excited to have the experience. I love this. I've been on the other side of this betrayal trauma. Mm -hmm. Like I've had this happen to me and I'm not sure I would want to be told every time. Mm-hmm. It was so hurtful. I don't even know. Like, I want to be fixed. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, I don't, there's some things I'm just not even sure. Like, yeah, you know, it, it's just, it's just awful. And so mm-hmm. it's just like, do I even, like, it's like you do, but you don't, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes even when I'm working with like the family member and they want to know everything, one of the things we do, and I don't know if you do this, I'm like, stop mm-hmm. looking because you don't want to know. Yeah. Because once you know, you can't unknow. Stop. Like you already know this general issue is there. You do not need every detail. And I like, we beg them, please turn your FBI badge in. Like give the black light back, Like turn the passwords over because Mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, at some point knowing more and more and more every detail, I promise you it's not helpful. Can you speak to that? Yes, correct. Yes. And thank you for differentiating this. Yes. So I was talking with a colleague of mine just actually two days ago about the same Mm -hmm. thing, right? So when I talk about like knowing everything, what I'm really talking about is knowing all the big categories yep. of the things, yep. right? So for yep. example, knowing that my partner cheated, right? cheated meant, you know, th- this is a general category, cheated right. meant getting deeper, emotionally connected to three different people at work more than she should have, kind right. of an emotional affair. Right. And then one other person, it went to intercourse, right? Right. right? Like understanding this is what happened, right? Like, right. 
those general categories. We're not talking details of those intimate interactions um, because those you're absolutely right, have power and capacity to really relive now and replay in the mind of the person who's been betrayed over and over and over again, right? We need enough information that it shuts down the anxiety of the mind that wonders what if, what if, right? but not so much detail that we're painting vivid pictures for the person. They, they may never be able to move past, especially if their goal is to be to preserve the relationship, right? Right. So but, we want but to know. It's the natural response of the betrayed person mm-hmm. to obsessively want to know yeah. every single yes. detail. Yep. And it's a balance to try to give them enough. You almost can't can... even control it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so it's almost like, I don't know, it's just this hard thing. And when I'm working with a family, I'm like, I'm telling you, stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because once that door is opened, Right. Like it was shut before I had safety and security. Once right. that door is open, the mind and the anxious mind. Yeah. And I, I do a couple of YouTube videos on this specifically, right? Like how the anxious brain works, but right. the anxious mind wants to step through that door Don't and it me. starts rattling off thousands of what ifs, right? What if this time you were with somebody? What if that time you lied to me? What if this time this? What if this thing you've said to me in our most intimate moments, you said to them? What if, you know, like all these things, right? And the brain just rattles off. And there's there's no limit to that what if. It can be as catastrophic as the imagination can take it. Oh, it gets bigger. The longer and the worse it gets. And Mm -hmm. not only is like, what if this happened, but... It's even worse because when it happened, I know you were thinking this. Yes. yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Five thousand levels deep. Absolutely. Right. So so that's why in that kind of confessional period of the healing, right, where Mm -hmm. the individual is really trying to be accountable and open about, hey, here's the ways in which I betrayed. You never should have had to dig this out of me. This is always something I should protect for you. Right. We want a balance of enough information that we're able to address all the major categories that the betrayal occurred in, right? Um, and But not spend so much time in the minute details that those details themselves start to re-traumatize right. an individual. So, And there's a balance there with anxiety. A person needs a certain amount of information yeah. to help that anxious process come yeah. down. Mm-hmm. But there's a point at which too much information sends it right back up again. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so working with a, you know, a trained professional that, that you know, has helped couples through that, there's a balance there for sure. But what I'm talking about when I say keeping details is I'm talking about like, oh, and there's this other person over here that I work with that I don't want to tell you about what happened with them because right. I don't really want to have to like quit my job right. or fire that employee right. because of this issue that we had. But, you know, three days, three years later, you might find out I never told you about her and right. I've been working with her for the last three years. Like, guess what's going to happen in our relationship when that comes out? Right? It does everything. And I could have sincerely really healed that betrayal trauma for my spouse for the three years, been completely loyal and faithful. Yep. But because this has come out now three years later and mm-hmm. it's somebody I work with mm-hmm. and I kept that one in the dark, that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Said, right. no, Let's get all that stuff out especially with the person we're rebuilding trust with. Yeah. This video is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp has more than 20,000 therapists worldwide 
which is one of the things that makes them so easily accessible. That is honestly my favorite thing about BetterHelp, is that you can get access to the help when you actually need it. You guys know that I talk about getting help when you're in that right moment. Timing is everything. And the last thing that you wanna do is start calling around to all these different therapist practices and waiting for weeks to get a call back if you even get one. Now BetterHelp, it's not a crisis line. It's not a hotline. It's real professional therapy done securely online. It's so easy to set up an account. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com backslash put the shovel down. Don't forget to use that link to get an extra 10% off. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P backslash put the shovel down. Oftentimes, you know, when we do the work with the family member, we'll say like, stop, stop looking, do not read the journal, do not look at the, stop. But they can't. And we get that. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's like when I'm working with an alcoholic and I say, stop drinking. And then they drink yeah. tomorrow. Like, okay, like I'm, you should stop. But I kind of, you know, I get it yeah. at the same time. And then let's say they can't stop and or they stop for three days and then they realize that because the family does that too, you know, so, and then they just want to know when they're like grilling this person interrogation style, like the spotlight, yeah. you know, like, what should the person that's being grilled do? Should they tell it? Should they not tell it? Because the last thing, should I tell it? Should I not? You know, what do I do? Yeah. You know, it's tough. If they have the opportunity to be working with someone, I think mm -hmm. taking cues from that objective third party can be yeah. helpful, right? Yeah. Like there's no, there's very few couples that are going to be trained to know how to manage this type of dynamic in their relationship together. So if there can be an objective third party, and that could be a spiritual leader, that could be a mental health therapist, that could be an addiction recovery coach right. or professional, that right. could be a family member who objectively loves and cares about this relationship, right? But allowing somebody maybe outside of us to help navigate some of that is really important. But the other thing that I've found when on the betrayee side, the person who's been betrayed, when there's this obsessive piece that's happening uh, in the relationship, one of the other things that I've found that can really help calm that is actually shifting focus in a little bit different direction. One of the first therapeutic goals that we have for a couple, especially on the betrayee side, the person who's been betrayed, is for them to examine the meaning that they attach to the betrayal, right? So we want them to start looking at how am I internalizing what my partner has done, right? Like oh, yeah. What, is the, what are the messages I'm connecting to it? Oh, yeah. I'm having, say, means you didn't, it means you didn't respect me. It means you don't even care about me. It means you think I'm an mm -hmm. idiot. Maybe mm -hmm. I start questioning, am I lovable? Oh, yeah. Do I have worth to anybody? Am yeah. I worthless? Right? Like, am mm -hmm. I inadequate? Right? Like, all these messages. And most of the time, those messages are, I would say all the time, those messages. Yeah, those are like, oh, those are pretty much always wrong. Yeah. And they're not accurate. Right? Because it like, always means something about something they're dealing with. Yep. It really, it's something that's going on with them. And I yep. can tell you that from the defense mm -hmm. attorney standpoint, yep. you, like, it's about them, not about you. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the healthier a person is, the easier they do things like trust and loyalty and yep. love. The less healthy their internal world is, the harder it is for them to give that yep. in relationships outside of them. Right. And But when we're in a couple's relationship, we do this thing where all of a sudden, because I'm in this relationship with you, I take my heart and I take my value and I kind of offer it into the relationship. And I say to myself, I'm going to use you and my interactions with you now to know you're going to be my expert witness of my own value. Yeah. And that works pretty well uh, right. when, when the relationship's healthy on both sides. 
But when my partner's not a healthy person and I've just handed to them, I've made them an expert, <clears throat> excuse me, I've made them an expert on my value. And then something like this comes out, all of a sudden, all that they've done has mm -hmm. everything to do with my value. Mm -hmm. And that's devastating, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like <clears throat> that can leave me in very devastated places. And so I become almost hypervigilant about needing to know more and know more and know more, not because actually the details are helpful to me at all, but because I am gleaning out of this more and more and more toxicity about my value and my worth. Like, it's mm -hmm. almost like I'm being devastated deeper and deeper and deeper, the more that I find out. And a lot of times we want to cut off that process for a minute and help that person really take a look at what am I internalizing as I find out about these details, right? right? Because we want to separate the performance of your partner, whatever thing they did, the be their behaviors. We want to separate that from your value for a minute, especially in this category, right? Because, and oftentimes as couples start to heal that as the, the person who's been betrayed starts to realize, okay, like a lot of this acting out behavior actually had a lot more to do with the unhealthy in my partner's world right. than with me. Lots right. of times we'll watch that obsessive needing to know. Right, right. It's almost always about an insecurity or some unmet need this other person has. Lots but I'll tell you, it is very complicated because not only does the betrayed mm -hmm. person, got betrayed person, mm -hmm. start to attach those meanings, but to add like 400 levels of other psychological matrix. So the person that's doing the betraying will oftentimes manage to convince themselves of that. Yeah. And that's what I talk about all the time as far as addiction, the emotional justification that a person has to mm -hmm. tap dance that they have to go through to justify these continued bad decisions mm -hmm. that don't fit with their value system. It's a maze of spider web. They'll set traps for the other person. Yep. They'll make that other person act like a jerk. They'll set traps for that other person to prove to themselves. So it's even harder mm -hmm. Because the other person on some level kind of is thinking that and that's how they've like convinced themselves, like it's all right to do that. They mm -hmm. may have told you that, like, mm -hmm. and that makes it like really messy. Yeah. Amber, this is one of the reasons you're so fantastic. I mean, you have a tremendous mind for understanding these complexities, right? And, and that's why there isn't like, you know, easy staple decisions to just apply to any betrayed process. Right. Because for sure, right? Like I find myself empathizing with both sides of this betrayal problem all the right. time, right? right. I, I worked with a woman who uh, you know, developed an emotional affair right. in her relationship with her husband. Right. And of course, wrong, bad, shouldn't happen, right? right? And as you dig into that a little bit more, we find out that there's always been a difficult struggle in the relationship for both of them to connect yep. in emotionally meaningful ways. Both of them come from, from environments that they didn't learn how to do this connection thing. They right. both have felt in a drought for a long time. And then as I learn a little bit more about this woman who did the betraying, right? And her past, her relationship with her parents, her relationship with her siblings, long story short, she's been walking around with a lot of insecurity about her worth and her value for years before she meets her husband. Oh yeah. Right? Like desperately needing words of affirmation and attention. Mm -hmm. External reinforcers that way to know that she has any value at all. And when it wasn't happening a lot in their relationship, Nobody's fault. They're just not good at knowing how to give each other emotional connection. Uh, she became very vulnerable to yes. it when it was offered in a workplace. Right. And on the one hand, yes, never should have happened for sure. No couple you know, deserves to go through that. On the other hand, I can totally see how she ended up vulnerable to that and how she got there and where she got. It right? doesn't make her a malicious, evil person. 
you definitely want to heal what's going on there right. so that it doesn't continue to hurt people that she loves and doesn't continue to injure and tear apart her opportunity for meaningful relationships. In the right. future. So that's on um, the person who's done the betraying on their side. Some of the first steps that I start with as we work with couples is taking a look at, do I have a good understanding of what the betraying behavior has been? Like, can I define it? And can I name it? Can I own it? Second, what were my triggers? Like, what are the things that led me there to this thing that I wouldn't typically do? It doesn't even match with my moral and values. Right. That I How did about. I do this? Right. How did I make this choice? Mm -hmm. And then the third part of that is what are the root contributors to those triggers that set me up to do this behavior, right? So taking even one step, look deeper and saying, what's going on in my world or in my past and present that even makes those triggers triggering? Yeah, like, why was I vulnerable? To that right. in the first place, right. Because as soon as I feel that, the vulnerabilities and, and the root right. contributors, now all of a sudden the triggers lose as much potency as they had before. And right. I'm much more likely to align with the core values that I hold right. and that I desire in relationships. I'm not white knuckling, staying away from problematic issues anymore. I literally don't desire that. I don't desire them and there's nothing inside me that needs them. So then we're just dealing with bad habits to break and a couple can be off to a lot healthier dynamic. So we want to look at that, not just what is the, the bad behavior that's hurt my relationship, but what are the triggers? And then deeper than the triggers, what are those root contributors that have occurred in my life that make those triggers right. triggering? And right. I would probably even add one more layer on to that because that's so, you know, it's complex. Everything's, mm -hmm. com nothing's black and white. There's no goods and evils. It's just not like that. But, you know, it's like, what did I do? Why did I do it? Why did I want to do it? But mm -hmm. along the way, and this is specific, mm -hmm. especially with addictions, how did I convince myself and mm -hmm. rationalize and justify? And where was I lying to myself along the way? Because with addictions, if you don't identify that, it's going to keep happening to you because it's so sneaky. And the way this works is never as malicious as it seems. It's like, I have to be careful because I'll like binge like Netflix series and stuff. <laughs> I can't even start it unless the whole thing's there. Cause I'm just going to like stay up for four days and watch this. This is the way I am. Cause I'm that way. But yeah. I love some of the newer ones are so cool because they have these really complex characters. And I, the reason I like them is like, you know, like the old like, Breaking Bad series. Mm -hmm. It's just like one choice. Yeah. Probably not yeah. great, but you kind of like had a justified reason. Mm -hmm. But then that makes you make another bad choice. Mm -hmm. And then that makes you tell this lie. And so then that makes, and so what happens is you get stuck in this web of mess and you can kind of see it on these shows. Like, that self-deception, right? That yeah. begins with some justification and rationalization. And I would say, as far as couples go, the betrayal yeah. trauma goes, anytime that I find myself rationalizing something that I know would hurt my partner, that deserves a step back and a long stare, right? Oh, yeah. Warning oh. sign. Yeah. Big red clue. Like I say, if I'm doing something that I know I can't tell you, mm -hmm. there's a sign. Right? Yep. And there's if I, problem, no matter right? if I have justifications in my head or not, right, I'm mm -hmm. probably going down this path. Because right. you're right. That's how it works. Like justification and rationalization. It'll take the imperfections of my partner yep. and it'll give me lots of good reasons why it's okay that I'm doing this thing if I'm not careful with myself. And uh, we want to catch that early if we can. And instead, address the thing that's hurting in the relationship instead of finding these alternative ways, um, you know, to keep secrets and, and uh, to act out and things We're like, let's, let's get to the heart of what that relational issue or need or concern is mm -hmm. early, you know, mm -hmm. and if not early, it's never too late, right. right? Like we can always go in and start to tackle these really hard things, you know? So. And just so 
we leave people on a little bit of a happy ending. I don't know if this is your experience, Nevin, but my experience is couples that can get through this. I always say people that conquer addiction are the strongest, healthiest mm -hmm. people out there because you have to, you can't get through it without developing some mm -hmm. serious muscles. Mm -hmm. And so couples that can get through this in a healthy way can mm -hmm. really have a deeper relationship than they ever had before. Yep. And in fact, I watch with couples who recover in their relationship move beyond really difficult things. If we say that difficult moments in our life yep. have the power to pummel us yep. or refine us, right? whichever direction we choose, this type of dynamic in a couple's relationship is heavier than many couples will go through. But if they go through together, it has the potential to elevate that intimacy, that connective power in their relationship beyond the average. The couple's who have the best relationships have navigated the most difficulty oh, yeah. successfully. They have the most depth. They have the most meaning. They have the most meaning connected to their love and loyalty to one another. They know where they've been. They've right. seen really hard things right. and they've managed to overcome it together. So there absolutely is hope. And that's why I'm passionate about this work is I want individuals to know that no mm -hmm. matter where you've been and what you've been through, if healing is what you desire, healing is possible, right? If yeah. health and wellness are what you're after, it's possible. It's going to take a lot of work. There's no yeah. magic fairy dust. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, recommend you go out and script your life just to do this, but yeah. if you find yourself here, you know, you can get better. And when I say couples are stronger, individually, you're stronger, better people. And as a couple, you're stronger. I don't mean like, okay, this happened. And then we just made a promise not to ever bring it up again and crammed inside. Right. That's a way to make sure other bad things happen. Yeah. But I'm talking about like really did the work here and dealt with it. You can come out the other side and you can come out better and stronger. I mean, most people don't, they're not, they don't want to say, I'm glad this happened. Okay. Yeah. Oh, of that. course, of course. We're not saying that, but they may say, I'm glad I have grown in this way. Yeah. Or this new thing that we have or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some of the most significant growth in our lives comes out of these really tough moments, these defining oh, yeah. moments. And we don't have to go looking for this, that trouble because life will naturally present stumbling blocks to each of us. No worries. <laughs> yeah. None of us are going to get through this mortal journey without some of those. So, right. yeah. So Nevin, tell everybody like where they can find you. If they want to like learn more from you or maybe even seek your services or you have this yeah. like membership thing too, I think, right. For couples. Yeah, no, thank right. you. Yeah. yeah. So on YouTube at Renew Relationship Counseling, you can check out our YouTube channel and we put out close to a hundred videos now on, on marriage and marriage relationships and how to support healthy relationships. So take a look at that. Um, the membership that you're talking about, what we've done is in working with thousands of couples over the years, uh, there's some really core principles we call the Renew System. Uh, mm -hmm. Really core principles for couples who are looking to strengthen their relationship Maybe they've been through some betrayal traumas. Maybe they haven't, but they want to strengthen their communication. They're running into connection issues, intimacy issues, uh, uh, trying to figure out how to resolve differences in their relationship. These are topics that almost any couple trying to build a relationship is going to oh, yeah. have questions about. We've taken those topics and we've packaged them into materials, videos, activities, worksheets, and things that couples, if they'll do together, can really expedite growth and healing in a relationship. And we've made those available to couples um, uh, through a membership. So for 25 bucks a month, they can access all those materials, uh, yeah. plus our live Q and A's and webinars and things, and uh, give their relationship a shotgun into growth and wellness and, and healing. And what I don't know if you have come across this, Nevin, but like, we have online courses and memberships too. And mm -hmm. what I like about that 
it's not so much that I say like, oh, you can just do this instead. Sometimes you can actually mm -hmm. just do that instead of counseling. But, you know, people come to counseling, let's say you sit with your counselor for an hour and then it's like, you know, 20 minutes of him saying what he didn't like this week and 20 minutes of her saying what she didn't like this week. And then the counselor trying to make sure everybody feels validated and heard and like five minutes of like counselor wisdom comes out. Right? Well, people are so mad they're not even listening to you anyway, because they're just like, can't believe you said that. <laughs> what I like about like, in the information educate, because then you can like absorb it and we can learn and you're gaining skills. You know, mm. we're growing and learning. To me, it's the fast track. And if you want to do counseling on top of that, even yeah. better, but like, Y'all know if you've been to a couple's family counseling session, y'all know what that's like. It's yep. a lot of time. Like, yeah. Y'all go talk to Nevin about that. <laughs> yeah, almost all of the appointment can be taken up in that, right? And it's necessary for those couples who can't communicate. Yeah. It's necessary that they have a person trying to help them. You're right, though. The problem is there's just very little time for the actual principles that they need to learn to apply that one day gets them to a point where they don't need the counselor anymore, right? Yeah. So I always say that for couples, I think it's a good starting point for couples to access those types of materials because if your relationship, if all of its needing is a little bit more good, healthy information, yep. it can get you to your goals as, as quickly as you want to get there, right? You can access those on demand night or day, 24 seven. Right? And if you find that you're having a really hard time applying those principles, right, then you get yourself a next level of support, coaching or, or marital counseling or right. whatever it is. You bring in a support person. Now that you're learning these materials, they're helping you in the application part of them. Right. Many couples need that, right? But, right? but if you just focus on the application part and you're not giving yourself access to those principles yep. in the in-between times, you're really, yep. you're relying on a 50 minute appointment maybe once a week, maybe twice a month to try to cover ground that you could be self-studying daily. Right. To me, that's the best. If you're only going to do one, I say do the education. I think at least start <laughs> there. If you need yeah. more than I would do the education. Yeah. So this is me telling you, sometimes you say to hush and quit complaining and listen, has this counselor's been doing this 150 years and they've learned some lessons. And then us counselors, we're sort of taught not to like interrupt the session and make it about us. So we don't even stop and teach you that. This is a good way to do it. So you guys check Nevin out. I've put the link to your website in the description, but cool. you guys can also find Nevin on YouTube. Will you say the name of that one more time? Renew Relationship Counseling on YouTube. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been interesting. I could literally go on about this forever. So <laughs> Amber, you're fantastic. it in. Yeah, I'm so grateful right, you have me. Thanks for listening to our audio. But did you know these episodes are recorded live on YouTube? Join us Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern to participate in the discussion, ask questions, give and get feedback. Any featured links discussed in this episode can be found in the show notes. And lastly, my goal is to spread recovery faster than addiction is spreading, and I can't do it alone. You can help support my mission by leaving a review for this podcast or sharing it with a friend.